subject on tonight is preach Jesus preach. Since sometimes we have a hard time accepting what the apostles said, we're going to start out with what Jesus said. If you can't accept what the Lord said, there's a good reason why you can't accept what the apostles said. Amen? And uh, the word preach is defined as to deliver a sermon or a religious address to an assembly group of people, typically in church, publicly proclaiming or teach a religious message or belief. When someone said preach it, it means that they support the other person's comments, they support the opinion and statement, and that they are encouraging them to share their opinion with the rest of the world. It also, like saying, I completely agree with you. You can say, you know, you got that saying, you can say that again. So you're trying to say, when you say that, you say you agree with what the word of God said. So watch how you said things if you ain't in total agreement with the word of God. That indicates you agreed to do which was preached. Once you say preaching is making plain the word of God. That it may be understood. If you understand that which was preached and fail to adhere or comply, then you choose to remain a sinner. Preaching is the power of salvation to the believer, but foolishness to the unbeliever. In the days of Jesus Christ, 33 years upon the earth, he spoke some profound and powerful statements that caused some to be saved, caused some to be healed, caused others to be delivered and set free from the clutches of darkness. When Jesus opened his mouth, he spoke unto people's life that was in chain of sickness and distress living in a lost world, needing a Savior. Amen. What the people received was based on, can you believe? The word spoken by Jesus, the Son of the living God, can you believe? Some people can get free because, couldn't get free because they wouldn't believe the preached word of God. You are in a terrible place when you can't believe the word of God. You are in a terrible place when you can't accept what the scripture said. If you want to include your idiotic ideas in what the scripture said, you are in a terrible, you're still in darkness. 
understand. Nothing in your mind and my mind supersedes what the scriptures say. Amen. Because guess what? If there wasn't no need for the scriptures, then you would have already been saved. But since you were lost, somebody had to find you. Amen. So since somebody had to find you, somebody had to send a word of God out there to find you, to reel you in. Amen. So, so some can't get free because they can't believe to preach word. Demonstrating the lack of faith. You can't have faith if you can't believe the word of God. You might have some, but it ain't in God. People got faith in a whole lot of things, but the only saving faith is in Jesus Christ. Amen. So, any and everything Christ did for anybody, they had to show him some measure of faith. Even as a grain of mustard seed, you and I must believe the word of God to experience an awesome move of God in our life. And you know, some folks don't realize why they don't see God moving in their life because they don't totally believe God. They don't, and, and you know what? To totally believe God, you got to show God. You, 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 can, you can put on arrows with people, but unless you show God the true you, you ain't going to see God also move in your life. There were some that heard Jesus and accepted what he said concerning their life and loved one and got, and got delivered. And the dead restored to life. It's time for us to hear the gospel. And arise from the dead. It's time to walk in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which has been handed down to us. This thing is still potent. Only problem with the potency nowadays is you done diluted it. You done diluted it with unbelief. You constantly said that we believe, but we show God doubt and unbelief. And God refused to move on your doubts and your unbelief. Amen. So, go to Luke chapter 4. And verses 14. Luke 4, verses 14 says, In the power of the Spirit unto Galilee, and there went out a fame throughout all the region round about. Now hold it right there. He returned in the power of the Spirit. So he didn't just return in flesh. 
but he returned in the power of the Spirit of God. Amen. And it says, and there went out a fame throughout all the... So somebody had been hearing about Jesus Christ. The word had already gotten out. Amen. When the word get out, you know it spread. It spread like wildfire. Be giving away something and let the word get out. When you get over there, the line be so long, <laughs> you be the last one to get something. And you be saying, I should have kept my mouth closed. 15 verse says, and he talked and if you don't know it by now, you got to be taught. And it ain't self-teaching. You got to be taught by the appointed one that God has appointed to teach you. And when you can't accept that, then you can't accept the word of God. And it has no effect in your life. Read the next verse. Where he had been brought up. Now. He came to Nazareth. Where he was brought up. And he entered the synagogue. He entered church. Did y'all see him? He entered church. And as it was custom. On the Sabbath day. He stood up to read. Somebody wanted him to read. Somebody wanted to hear his words. Huh? That's why you can say. Take the subject and say. Preach Jesus. Preach. Somebody wanted to hear the words of the Lord. Why? Because they knew that there was something about this man's word that had an effect on people. And what did they do? And when he had opened the book, he found a place where it was written. Now, if you notice, even being who he was, he never got outside of what the word of God said. He did what it was custom to do. And they delivered unto him the book of Isaiah. And when he had opened the place where it was written. Now, he opened the place where it was written about him. Wow. So guess what? He didn't go and he didn't go broadcasting about himself. He let the word of God spoke about him. He let the prophecy that had went forth spoke about him. And the 18th verse says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captive and recover sight to the blind and set at liberty 
to preach the acceptable year of now look 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 what this man just got to telling these folks the spirit of the lord is upon me and has called me to preach the gospel huh preach the good news you know what i don't know why is it that people find it so hard to realize that the word of God is good news. The word of God is good news to bring you out of your darkness that you may be saved. That's good news all over the world. Amen. You just got to learn. You know why some folks view it as not good news? Because they really don't want to come out. If you don't want to come out now, it ain't no good news. Huh? If you don't want the word of God to renew you, deliver you, now it ain't no good news. I want to hear the word of God, but I don't want to mess it with my stuff. Huh? Because that's the attitude some folks have. I want to hear it. I want to go to church, but I don't want it messing with my stuff. Huh? That term. They on Zoom tonight. So he said, and deliverance to the captive. You have been in captivity all of your life. You needed someone to deliver you. You needed someone to save you from you. Come on now. And recover sight to the blind. Oh, we was blind. Come on, somebody. We was blind and could not see. We didn't know right from right and wrong from wrong. We couldn't see none but what we wanted. Amen. If what we wanted was wrong, we didn't want to do right. <laughs> Ain't that the way it go wrong? <laughs> what that old song said? If loving you is wrong, what? I don't want to do right. And that's the way we were. If you're going to mess with my stuff and it's wrong, I don't want to do right. So therefore, you refuse to be delivered. Because you got to pay at the end. Amen. He came to deliver you from being oppressed, downtrodden and bruised, crushed and broken down by your calamities. Wow. But you didn't want him to set you free. You still wanted to play around what was that? Play around the bank. Stay off the bank if you don't want to drown. The 20th verse says, He closed the book and gave it again to the ministers and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. Hey, they came to church to hear the word of God. All you folks that want to stay at home. They came to church to hear the word of God. The anointing is in the house of God. Amen. He said the anointing was up on him. And where was he at? He was in church. 
Uh, what did he say? And he began to say unto them, This day, this scripture is fulfilled in you. Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your ear. It's up to you whether you accept it or not. He didn't force nothing on them. He told them that whatever you need is here. Come on, somebody. Did we finish that one? Oh, now we got to get down into some more of his preaching. If you, if you finish reading that, they didn't accept that. They didn't accept that to the point that they tried to run him over the cliff. Salvation came to their house, and they tried to push it over the cliff. Salvation comes to our house, and we tried to push it away. We try to say, not yet, not yet, not yet. Baby, he said, the day that you hear it, my voice, harden not your heart. Because you don't know whether mercy going to show up for you again tomorrow. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. Wait a minute, before you go to Matthew 6, put your, you can put your finger in there, but I need you to go back to Luke 4 and verse 13. And I need you to hear something in the Amplified Version. The 13th verse said, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed him for what? For a season. Do the season sound like forever? Show you what the am said. And when the devil had ended every completed cycle of temptation, he hit him with everything. He temporarily left him. Somebody said temporarily. temporarily. He temporarily left him that he stood off from him until another more Optune time and favorable time come. Oh, Lord, I'm mercy. Did y'all hear that? He's looking for the very optune time to return to your house. He's looking for the very time that's going to be uh, suitable for him to return back to your house because he's just leaving for a season. When the time is favorable, he's going to show up again. How strong are you going to be when he returns? Better put on strength now because he's coming back. All right? He's coming back and he know what you like. You better put on strength now. Go to Matthew 6. been playing with this thing too long. Get off the playground. Get off the playground. This is for kids. 
grow up in the scriptures. Matthew 6, the verse is 31. Let's read it. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What you we eat, or what shall we drink, or what will we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth all these things the folks that is unsaved seek after. Huh? They seek after fame. They seek after fortune. They seek after things. Because they want to be able to say, I got this and I got that. They want to say, I'm on top. Huh? They want to be noticed of being somebody in the world. They're not interested in knowing to be somebody in Jesus Christ. They want high status in the world. Huh? Cause you more than you think. Well, what's the next verse? 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall... Why is it that we put seeking God last? Only time we really actually get down to seeking God is when we get in trouble. Come on, somebody. That was a nail driver there. But we never seek God and the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You got to seek some spirituality in this walk with God. God is a spirit. Your flesh is nasty to him. He want to see who you are in the spirit realm. You got to seek those things that are up above. He already know the natural things that you already need. I know it do because 95.9 of us is overweight. Jay, that ain't spiritual food either. That's poking beans and weenies. That's ham hocks and greens. Huh? Am I right about it? So in other words, ain't nobody missing no meal. Thirty-four verse says, "Take note." For the mind shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Wow. The sufficient of the day is the only trouble you need to deal with. Deal with today. Deal with where you stand with God today. Today. 
deal with this thing like your life depends on it, which it does. So you got to seek the kingdom of God. Seeking the kingdom of God is not about things. The devil likes for you to focus on material blessings, as we call them. And he don't mind you laying it on God. You better go back and read Matthew chapter 4, when he tempted Jesus Christ, he tempted him with everything that was of the world. And Jesus always counteract with him with everything God had already spoken. He always told him, it is written. So he throwed the word of God right back in his lap. Come on, somebody. Matthew 7. Now, I need you to understand, just in case, you got one of those all black written books that uh, part of mine is written in red. So I'm reading to you what's written in red. And what's written in red is what Jesus was saying. Is we clear about that? Matthew 7. So you won't be saying, oh, He's talking about now the word of God talking to you, not about you. Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8 says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receive it, and he that seeketh find it, and him that knock it. Now this is the doors of heaven. This is the doors of glory. God is telling, Jesus is telling you, seek some heavenly stuff. Amen. All this other stuff is going to stress you out. Huh? Trying to be on top is going to stress you out. Because by the time you get up there, somebody going to pull you back down. And the enemy is going to use it against you instead of for you. Lamb said, keep on asking. Oh, sometimes y'all think that faith is you just ask it one time and boom, that's it. Huh? But the Lamb said, keep on asking and it will be given you. You, you, you got to be relentless. If you want something from God, you got to be relentless to get something from God. You got to show God you want something from him. Come on, somebody. You got to put something in this. This is not a... This is not no genie. You don't rub God like no genie. Perseverance is when you got, when you got to, you got to labor before God if you want to get something from God. My question to you is, is it worth having that you will labor before God until God give you an answer? You better go back and read the scripture about the unjust judge. He said, keep asking, 
Rob, we in Matthew 7, verse 7. Keep asking, and it will be given you. Keep on seeking. Oh, Lord, and you will find it. My God, James, and you know anybody that loses $100 and stop looking for it? They keep, they go back over the same place six, seven, eight, nine times. Because I think I dropped it right here. It's got to be right here somewhere in this area. And you hunt and you hunt until you find your money. You better hunt and hunt till you can find your God. You can't stop. Long as you got breath coming out of your body and going in your body, you can't stop looking for God. Oh, I just give up. Where you going when you give up? Who you going to? Because now you done show some lack of faith. And they said it is impossible to please God without faith. So when you say you giving up, where you going? Who you going to turn to? I hope not the Ghostbusters. So who you, so you going to call on after you give up on God? You better seek and you better seek. And you better seek. If God don't answer you today, tomorrow, next month, you better seek. If he don't answer you for the next two, three months, you better seek. Because guess what? He might be testing you to see how bad do you really want. Huh? How bad do you really want it, Rome? God might be asking you, do you really want what you're asking me for? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to give you an opportunity to bag out if you want to, but do you really want what you're asking for? Yes, Guess what? He ain't going to give you nothing that he's going to let you mess up. So you really better have your mind made up. Because what you asked for, trials come with it. And to him that keep knocking, the door will be open. Dang. Because he knocked don't mean he ain't at home. Just because you knocked don't mean that he didn't hear you either. But he want to know how persistent you're going to stay there and wait till he open the door. If you leave before he opened the door, oh, okay, that was your bad. But I'm going to knock that because I know he ain't never absent. I know he ain't never far off. And I know that he don't never hear. He, he, it's impossible for him not to hear. Because he can hear every word that come out of your mouth. I know he can hear me knocking on his door. I'm going to knock on his door until I can get him to come and answer his door. Jesus! I'm knocking on your door. I'm knocking, Lord, because I need to talk to you. 
You knock on folks' door because guess what? You need their attention. You need to talk to them for some reason or another. You need to get some type of advice for them for some reason or another. You can't get that advice if you stop knocking. I had called no name. I had a person a while, way, way back a while, said if I ask one time, keep on asking, that show a lack of faith. No. If you ask just one time, you must think you rubbing on the genie. Come on, somebody. See, you got to show God some perseverance. Come on now. Why you think Paul said, I press? Huh? You got to press. This thing, this is a pressing way. Amen. Ah, oh, but we got to get down to the real good part now. Down to the 13th verse. What do it say? Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, Broad is the way that lead to destruction, and many there be which go therein. Now, Jesus said, he told you to enter in at the straight gate, but you went in at the wide gate. And because you went in at the wide gate, it was very spacious, and it was broad. And the way it was, it led to the way of destruction. See, uh, this way here, you can't carry everything with you. You got to drop everything because guess what? When you read the rest of this here, it's going to show you that the gate really that you should have went through was narrow. And it ain't going to accept no baggage that you carry. It's very narrow and precise the way it's just enough for you to get through for salvation. So you can't take nothing extra with you. Hallelujah. Broad is the way. Huh? Broad is the way where you can do anything you want to do. Huh? While you on your while you on your journey, you can pick up a few items. Huh? Come on, somebody. You might pick up another woman. On that Broadway, you might pick up another man while you're on that walk. You might pick up a few things to get high on while you're on that walk. Because just a little bit won't hurt. Come on, somebody. You might pick up some more bad habits while you're on that way. Why? Because it's spacious and it gives you room to do such things. But folks, now... And church think that it gives them room to do such thing to stay saved, and that's a lie straight from the pit. Yes, it is. Hmm. Wow. Boy, that was enough right there. And he said, and many, did y'all hear that? And many wrong. Are those who are entering in through that gate. Look at Jesus. He's saying there's a lot of folks that is going in that gate. And you know, going through these gates means it was church folks. 
These were folks that called themselves on the way to be saved. And he said, many folks went through them gates and did it their way. Huh? Did it the Frank Sinatra way. <laughs> Baby, let me be the first to tell you and me. Ain't neither one of us going to heaven doing it our way. Whatever you done accumulated and picked up along the way and it didn't, wasn't what God gave you, you better trash it. If God gave it, didn't give it to you, somebody else gave it to you. Hello, somebody. You better remember Matthew chapter 4 how the devil was offering Jesus a whole lot of stuff. He was offering them a whole lot of stuff, Robert, that would have blew our mind, would have made our eyes popped out. Hmm. So, the 14th verse says, straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which lead unto life. And you better watch who you follow. Go on follow the crowd if you want them. Huh? They don't have to do that over there. Go on over there then. Well, they don't have to do it. <coughs> huh? They don't have to go to heaven either. Come on, somebody. But he said, for the gate is narrow, contracted by pressure. Ooh, it's pressure going through this gate. Huh? Because everything that the enemy can throw at you to get you to turn around and go back that wide way, he's going to put pressure on you. But you got to have a determination to be saved. And the way is straightened and compressed that leads to life. It's compressed. When you find something compressed, it don't leave any margin of error. When you get something that you buy out of the store that's compressed, and wrapped in cellophane or whatever package. When you bust that package loose, what do it do? It expands. Huh? You got more than what meant the eye, but you better let God keep you with a compressed life that you is more than what meets the eye. Huh? You are a whole lot more than what folks see. Come on, somebody. Because this way of life is compressed. And he's saying it leads to life. And it's very few of those that find it. Oh, that find it. So guess what? That means they got to go on a search for it. They got to find, in other words, they got to find the right way to go. Come on, somebody. 
You just can't fly by the seat of your pants. You got to find the right way to go. Did that make sense? Hmm. What's the next verse? Beware what? Which come to you in sheep clothing, but inward they are raving wool. Now where they going to be at? They going to be in these churches. They're going to come and proclaim the word of God. They're going to look churchy. But underneath they're going to be wolves. They're going to have their heads tied up. Claiming to be the prophet. But Lord said they're going to be false prophets. Beware a false prophet who come to you dressed as sheep, but inside they are devouring wolves. Verse 16 says, Ye shall fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns and figs of this? Now, when how many times the pastor is going to have to tell y'all that he don't be judging, but he is a fruit inspector? He called it like he see it. <laughs> huh? That's what a fruit inspector do. He calls it like he see it. Amen? So, it said, and you will fully recognize them by their fruit. What? By their lifestyle. Huh? By their consistency. See, because, guess what? If you got on sheep clothing and ain't the sheep, your consistency ain't going to last long. The real you going to pop up. Huh? And God going to make it pop up at the right time in front of the right folks. Won't he do it, James? At a, at a moment's notice. <laughs> this is how God works. He works at a moment's notice. He tell you beforehand, stop, stop, stop. You don't stop, guess what? He expose you in the opportune time and in front of the right folks and you're going to be saying, mm, I wish I had a got a warning, but you did. You just wouldn't hear Till he had to expose you in a fashion way too. Seventeen verse says, "If you are corrupt, you can't bring forth no good fruits. And these good fruits here is spiritual fruits. You can't live a." Spiritual life in a crooked life. If your life is crooked, you're going to bring forth crooked fruits. Why? Because it's in you to bring them. Hello, somebody. Mm. You already know that church is chicken 
sells chicken. Only other thing you can get, get is get you some biscuit and some fries. Why you gonna go over there and ask them folks, do you have any ribs? <laughs> they gonna tell you, did you see that sign? It said chicken. Come on now. Be who you are so God can make you real. Amen. If you don't, he's going to show them rotten fruits on your tree. And he's going to make it stinky from, from everybody. You're going to be crying, what did he have to do me like that? Because you wouldn't listen. Next verse. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth. So you're going to bring forth what you are, right? Next verse says, every tree that for good fruit is hewed down. Eventually, your destination is going to be H-E-L-L. If you don't produce some good fruit. This good fruit is spiritual fruit. A spiritual life. A godly life. If we don't produce that, God said our end results is we're going to be cut you down, meaning cut down. Going to cut you down. This is Jesus preaching to you now. He said, I'm going to cut you down. And when I cut you down, I'm going to cast you into the fire. Hello, somebody. So, keep on being an apple tree trying to hide behind the pear tree. <laughs> huh? <laughs> keep on. Come on now. <laughs> Jane. You the great big old watermelon trying to hide behind a cucumber. <laughs> Read the book. By their fruit you gonna know them. If you don't want nobody to know you, keep your mouth closed. Some of you, when you open your mouth, we already know what page you're on. Amen. You know what a good thing, about, good thing to keep in mind? Speak when spoken to. And nobody never know what page you're really on. Amen. 